to be vaguely hyperbolic, this song invented gay rights. Do you mean the Britney and... song or the Glee performance of the song? Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sing-Sations podcast. My name is Olive, and I think that one of these days, the answer to today's wordle should be Gleek. For anyone who's not like intimately up to date on American pop culture, Wordle is a game where you have to guess like a five letter word. And it's, uh, it I think it's my Twitter timeline. Uh, hi, I'm Eliza, and we are recording this podcast episode on the anniversary of when our first one premiered. Are we now? We're just going to pretend like we planned this. Yeah, this was Absolutely. intentional. It, it, one year anniversary episode that's why it gets an exclamation point absolutely this is another one of those episodes where it feels like so much happens but also absolutely nothing happens well i was about to say so this episode is britney britney it's the second episode of season two which is lovely because we're also recording this on february 2nd 2022 like there's so many songs this episode there's so many songs that will go forward in time to become very well-known glee covers and yet nothing that relevant mm-hmm. to the overarching plot of Glee happens this episode, which almost yeah, makes yeah. it almost makes it better, though. Like, it's great that Rachel Berry isn't the main focus of the whole plot. And it's great that we get to highlight other actors besides Leah Michelle. And like, yeah, it's not, I don't know, the most relevant plot of all time, but it's just good fun and they really get to highlight how great heather morris and naya rivera are together it's just solid so good in this episode so um we begin the episode with um will schuster he's kind of he starts a lesson on uh christopher cross i don't know yeah like it it went in one ear and out the other i know that britney says is he he discovered america because she's thinking of christopher columbus Um, Yeah, so Will wants to teach the kids or wants to have a week where the kids focus on, quote unquote, like easy listening music. He also brings up Michael Bolton. And all of the kids are like, "Um, respectfully, adult contemporary is not what we listen to and it's not what we relate to. Can we do anything else? It might actually be the worst genre. Yeah, well, or like, I don't know, there's like a handful of Michael Bolton songs that I don't absolutely hate. But it's just like the only Michael Bolton song that's good is the one that he did with the Lonely Island, and I stand by that. Is that the Captain Jack Sparrow one? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I would love to see Glee do an entire Lonely Island episode. God, as all the Glee Club kids are objecting to this, Kurt brings up the fact that there is currently a uh, newly appointed Facebook page that is. What's the word? Uh, petitioning Glee to have a Britney Spears week. And he says it has a total of five members or like five people who have signed off. Who do for we it. think those five members are? One of them is, of course, Kurt. I Kurt. feel also Mercedes. Mercedes and Tina, I feel like, have to be in there. Probably Artie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I want to say maybe, maybe Rachel. Mike. Okay, Mike. Yeah, Mike could be in the mix. You know, it's crazy that they don't really have Mike do any dancing this episode. This is a very dance-heavy episode. They have him do a little... He takes kind of, like, lead on Toxic, but other than that... But we'll get there when we get there. Will um, immediately shuts down the idea of doing Britney, though, because he thinks that she is a bad role model. You know, this was 
2010. We, we can only do so much justice to Britney Spears on our Glee podcast with 30 monthly listeners. You know, 100% respect to yeah. Britney Spears. And you know what's it kind is. of funny? So Will says, you know, he doesn't think Britney is a good role model. This was in 2010, so only a couple years after her, like, big public meltdown. And all the kids are starting to get upset. But Britney is like, I don't want to do Britney. Tina Why no goes, Britney, Britney? Why no Britney, Britney? And she goes, well, my, I am also Britney Spears. And they're all like, wait, what? And she goes, my middle name is Susan. And my last name is Pierce. So that makes me Britney S. Pierce, Britney Spears. <laughs> I all my life I've lived in the I Britney S. Pierce have lived in the shadow of Britney Spears. Honestly, why I hope that Heather Morris got awards for the way that she played Britney because I know that I never would have been able to get through those lines with a straight face. Yeah, so many things. First of all, absolute props to Heather Morris for just taking everything that Britney says in stride and absolutely killing it in this role that at this point in the show has like very little defined personality other than being a dumb blonde so like props to her and then second of all I just I want to know what it was like in the Glee writers room where they're like okay we want to make an episode that highlights Heather and Naya a little bit more we want to highlight some of the supporting characters how do we do that? Let's do Britney Spears because we have a character named Britney. Her name's going to be Britney S. Pierce. And it's like, I don't know how to explain how it felt watching this in 2010 when like, for all intents and purposes, like most of the supporting cast of Glee did not have last names until uh, late season one, season two, you know? As we go forward, Blaine does not get his last name established for a very long time. And fans thought his last name was Warbler because they called him Blaine Warbler on the show. Which I'm not going to lie is a little bit iconic. Extremely iconic of them. So yeah, I just, for them to like make a weird reveal like this, is I think is just like God to your writing. It's camp. This it's, is camp. This is camp. So, um, because Britney is like one of the students and she objects to, uh, to doing any Britney Spears stuff, Will is like, okay, so that's a no. We're just going to veto that entirely. We're not going to do it. And then something kind of interesting. So he goes into Emma's office to like talk to her about the, all the kids, how they're not really getting into the subject. And Emma says, oh, well, I actually think Britney Spears is like a pretty good role model. She's like a single mom taking care of her two kids. And she's like really getting her act together, which is weird because in the Madonna episode, Emma doesn't like Britney Spears and says that she's a crazy woman who shaved all of her hair off. Kind of flip flop in there, Emma, huh? This is Glee. We can't expect consistency of characters that aren't named Rachel Berry. And so we, this is also, I believe, where we learn that Emma's boyfriend, Carl, has been helping her be more spontaneous. They went to the grocery store the other day and bought red grapes and green grapes. And then they just mixed them all together, which I personally don't like, not because of a color issue, but because they taste different. They do taste different. They if also... I'm like some of them green grapes are usually like crisp and kind of hard red grapes are not as much I also will say or I don't personally have OCD I actually do think it's really nice how they frame 
Emma's journey with OCD in this manner. I actually think Carl is actually pretty healthy for her in kind of able to accommodate her OCD while also not um, encouraging any of the more toxic sides of her uh, obsessive compulsive tendencies. Yeah. But sometimes routine is good. I don't know. Well, I'm just going to say I eat the same thing for breakfast every morning and I can't imagine not eating the same thing for breakfast every single morning. So I also feel called out by this. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Well, maybe you just need your own John Stamos in life. Maybe. John Stamos actually ends up coming into Emma's office because he's like picking her up for a surprise date or whatever. And the tension. Oh, yeah. We haven't at this point learned that Emma's boyfriend is John Stamos. Yeah, this is his he first walks appearance. In and he's John Stamos. Yeah. Also, his God, name's Carl. His name's Carl. We're just calling him John Carl. Stamos because we need to make everyone aware because that it's it John is, Stamos. It is him. So the tension immediately heightens and like, this whole episode Carl is kind of this guy who's encouraging Emma to try new things and being more adventurous and Will is like very resistant to that the important thing in this scene is that Emma mentions that Carl has been wanting to do like a little I guess like dentistry lesson or like What's the word? An, an assembly? Tooth health sort of thing. Yeah, like an assembly about healthy teeth for the school, but he hasn't been able to coordinate with anyone. And Will is like, oh, well, you can come and talk to the kids about their teeth or whatever. Sure. Um, and he's like kind of trying to put on a brave smile, but Will obviously just fucking hates Carl so much. Yeah. Which honestly, yeah. like, Will needs to get over himself. Truly. That should be the thesis of Glee series season two. Will should get over himself. I think you'll like this next scene. This is where uh, Karofsky and Azimio uh, come up to Finn in the hallway, rip his letterman jacket away from him, and they go like, oh, this is only for people who are actually on the team. Because last episode, Finn got kicked off the team, so he's not the quarterback anymore. And they say something about like, oh, this is a metaphor for the duality of your sexuality, and they rip the jacket in half. Once again, textual evidence for bisexual. Once again, just going to put that on uh, the the dartboard over here. Pin that right there. I don't think we can let a single episode go by on our podcast without talking about how one of these characters would be bi if, if Ryan Murphy just gave us more if Ryan bi Murphy care. wasn't a coward. As the two guys are bullying Finn, Finn actually throws a punch at Azimio, I think it is. But then as they're about to get into yeah. like a, a heavier altercation, Artie wheels up right in between them and everything stops because the football players are like, hey, hey, we may be homophobic assholes, but we won't punch a kid in a wheelchair. They're like, we have it's a It's nice to know player. that they have some standards. Yeah. Um, well, and I guess it's not super clear. I guess they do Artie drop is... another hard C word in there. Yeah. Like, I wasn't sure how to interpret this. I think Artie is somewhat aware that, like, do you think he was aware when he wheeled in between them that he was stopping a fight from happening? I want to say yes, because I would love if, like, Glee had, like, characters who were conscious of the world around them 
But considering what TV show this is, I feel like maybe he didn't. But he's also kind of smart and nerdy. I don't know. I just found it kind of weird. I It seemed like an excuse for them to say the, the C word. Also just that. And that I say again, we're expecting character consistency for people who aren't Rachel Berry. So um, speaking of Rachel Berry. <laughs> well, um, so that scene ends. We A quick reminder there that like, already kind of sort of wanted to get onto the football team last episode oh also sam does not make an appearance this episode which is weird like you introduce his character that was my thought i got to the end of the episode and i was like where's my boy especially since like there's a lot of see my little boy (laughs) i want to see my little boy here he comes. little boy here he comes yeah frankly kind of weird because this episode does decently focus on the football team so it's weird that they don't have him you know just in any of the scenes but anyway that's a quick reminder that like Artie wanted to get on the football team slash like is responsible for Finn getting kicked off the team and then we go into Carl the dentist um in Glee Club rehearsal is this another day is this the same day? Are there Glee Club meetings in the morning and in the afternoon? No clue. Who he- knows? I think that Glee shows scenes chronologically out of order, which is confusing as all hell. But like, why would we go from like Glee Club to Will in the dentist office later to then also Glee Club again? I don't understand this show. Yeah. I just, I guess I understand narrative wise why they need to have certain scenes set in certain classrooms but I also just want to know logistically how everyone communicates like hey we're going to the glee club room at this time because like maybe they they just have a really big like email chain I don't know anyway uh, so John Samos gives them all uh it's like gum right it's a little capsule that you chew and if there's any plaque on your teeth it'll be blue uh and so they've got everybody's chewing the gum Mike and Tina nothing there kurt nothing there mercedes nothing there puck also has completely clean teeth which i disagree with wildly out of character i think he just swallowed it i don't think he chewed it at all he just went nice popped it back and swallowed that makes sense that makes much more sense i refuse to believe that puck has clean teeth we have two people with a question three people with questionable teeth although one of them never gets addressed um so we've got Artie, who's just like, maybe I would brush my teeth better if I could see myself in the mirror. And then that never gets brought up again. Uh, and then we have Rachel, who is, of course, you know, a little bit of a drama queen about it, if you will. And then we have Brittany, who says she never brushes her teeth. She just rinses her mouth out with soda. She thought Dr. Pepper was a real doctor. Yeah, um, kind of icon behavior from her again. Like, really every word out of her mouth is iconic. Can I just say, I would be terrified to chew these capsules in front of other people. Like, I take good care of my teeth. Absolutely. I take good care of my teeth, but I would be, like, just horribly embarrassed if any blue was left on my teeth. I, like, just genetically have really bad teeth. Emo- this emotionally feels the same as, like, a pacer test to me. Yeah, it's just like, hey, let's show everyone how fucking gross your mouth is in front of all your peers. Yeah. They Doing do anything say- in front of your peers is just the most dehumanizing experience possible. Existing is the most dehumanizing experience possible. So anyway, um, they those are the three that have the blue teeth. And then because we've just found out that Brittany does not brush her teeth at all, um, we immediately go into Brittany lying down in the dentist's office. 
where Carl tells her that he she has cavities in every single one of her teeth. He also later says that she has 68 cavities, which is more than two cavities in each tooth. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Dentists? I have a bit of a thing about doctors and I won't get into it, but like dentists set it off too. Yeah. But so he's like, I've got the radio on. We're just going to give you some like general anesthetic. You know what's so funny? He says, I'm going to put Pandora on. Remember Pandora? Oh my God. <laughs> Remember Pandora? Remember radio? Pandora? Remember when you had a music app where you couldn't just choose every song that would play? I, it was the worst. I do, I'm sure there are still people who use Pandora. There maybe is a draw to having some kind of like radio app where you can like choose what sorts of radios you want to listen to. But Spotify also does it and it does it better. Pandora is still an app that is available. Yeah. So we go into the first musical number of the episode. Um, Brittany has just been put under anesthesia because Carl has to do some like intense stuff on her teeth. And we see I'm a Slave for You performed solely by Brittany S. Pierce. And it's so many thoughts. Thought one, Heather put her left hit into this performance. Thank you, Heather. Thought two, um, Brittany is still supposed to be a teenager. Brittany is still supposed to be a teenager. The one thing I will give this number just on that is that it really is not the Glee writer's fault or Britney Spears's fault that Britney Spears was put into so many extremely sexual outfits. Fair enough. Uh, and they are, with this and with the next one that they do, actually, the other two of the other numbers that they do in this performance, they are going full, just recreating the music video whole cloth. Yes, which is super iconic, especially the um, snake bit that they do, which is um, Britney's, I think it was MTV 2000 something, with where she's like literally holding a big snake while she dances. Mwah, chef's kiss. And Heather Morris really is killing this. She's not like the best singer on the show, obviously. What I always loved about Glee is that anytime they had like Jane Lynch, Jayma Mays, whoever else sing a song, Although they are not like the best singers in the world, they really know how to like tailor a song to their singers. And that's exactly what's happening. Part of the reason that Heather Morris singing Britney Spears works is because Heather Morris has like a full husky alto. Mm -hmm. Britney Spears' whole thing is like, she's the one with a deep voice. Britney Spears walked so Kesha could run. That's what I'm saying. Britney Spears walked so that every female artist that's popular right now could, could run. Facts. Facts, like, straight up facts. Um, just like Madonna, for Britney Spears. Just like Madonna walked so that Britney could run. Yeah, they just have a bit where like Carl is in. Oh John yeah, Simos is in the dentist chair and like Britney is dancing on him in the like see-through oh. rhinestone bodysuit, which is just so much. I it's like again, she's supposed to be a high schooler, but also it is incredible. It is, it is art. Um, after we that, get through that, she wakes up and he's like, I was only able to get through some of them, not all of them. Um, so she has and to come she's going to have to come back. Yeah. We go into a little scene with Finn and Rachel. I can't remember what starts it, but one of them says something, you know, he's off the football team now. So he's feeling kind of insecure um, because he's not popular anymore. He has nothing to like really uphold his status. And Rachel's like, well, I feel kind of safer with you off of the football team. Cause first of all, she's like, 
Oh, I used to fantasize about what song I would sing by your bedside if you ever went into a coma, which is which <sighs> frankly over dramatic behavior of Rachel. However, it is very worth talking about that football is an incredibly dangerous sport and causes many brain injuries in young adult men. Yeah, but it's just the flippancy that's a little like I, I will let this one slide glee as a TV show as Rachel being a self-obsessed 16 year old Mm -hmm. like i'm sure that i have said things as stupid as that it's just not on video thank christ um well and like the scene takes a really narcissistic turn too when she's like oh well i feel less insecure with you off the football team because now i don't have to like fight for your attention anymore and he kind of misinterprets that he says oh so you want me to feel bad about myself which I don't think is what she was saying but she says no I want to be the only thing that makes you feel good (laughs) which is like psychopathic yikes 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 city um and she's like well I'm just trying to be honest and then after she says that Santana walks by and says, hey, did anyone ever tell you you dress like the bait girls on To Catch a Predator? And Britney says, I'm more talented talented than you. And then and Finn... Rachel is like, you could have defended me. And Finn goes, I mean, they're kind of right. Just trying to be honest. <laughs> Which is also not a supportive thing to say to your girlfriend, but also icon behavior. Terrible thing to say, iconic line iconic line this this episode is a little bit bangers only when it comes to one-liners so we go into a back into the dentist's office this time it is both santana and Brittany. and carl is like well santana your teeth are completely perfect i'm not just gonna put you under anesthesia and santana's like um my dad's a doctor and our insurance will pay for everything so just put me under and carl goes okay He's like, I guess I can give you an extra thorough teeth bleaching, which I don't think you're actually supposed to bleach your teeth. I think that like damages the enamel, but like, I'm not a tooth person. So what do I know? You can do it occasionally. We go into the next musical number, which is Me Against the Music, Britney Spears and Madonna. I'm going to say it. I will spoil it. This is my best song of the episode. It's honestly hard for me to choose this episode because they are all consistent bangers. This, I definitely think, is, like, the best production number of the episode. Some of the best choreography and, like, the the performance that they're putting on. The, the capital P performance trademark that they are putting on is just so iconic. And, like... Santana... Is- Lo- Naya Rivera as Santana Lopez as Madonna... That whole performance just said gay rights. This is so funny, too, because it's even before, like, Britanna really became a thing in the plot. It's before we're even really hinting at Santana and Britney being uh, gay. Oh, yeah. So, like, they like they gave us this, not even really knowing what Britanna would become. God. I, my, my one other thought while watching this is, like, Kudos to Naya Rivera for being able to film that bit where she's rolling around in fake leaves because I would have just burst out laughing and not been able to do it because of the awkwardness of it all. I bet they had so much fun filming this. Oh, genuinely. Yeah. Also at the end of the number, there is a cameo from the Britney Spears. Um, Just a fun fact about this. I don't know if you went through the wiki. So Heather Morris was actually um, 
I believe a backup dancer or like had met Britney Spears at some point several years prior. And Britney Spears, firstly, was very uh, kind towards uh, Heather Morris's performance as Britney in this episode, was very happy with all the portrayals of her songs. But funnily enough, did not recognize Heather Morris, even though they had met before, which is also iconic. Genuinely, how many people do you meet as like a famous person? I barely remember people that I've met and I only know like a hundred people. I do. I do get that. I don't think it's like rude of Britney Spears at all to not remember her. However, if a, a celebrity on the fame level of Britney Spears walked up to me and was like, I don't remember you, then I would never forget that. That would become a core memory. obliterated. That would become a core memory. Inside Out style, core memory. So the song ends with that little cameo from For Realsies, Britney. And also, like, it, during the um, the dance number, in the back, it's in, like, some, I don't know what the setting of this is supposed to be. Like a but warehouse. But at one point, there's, like, a table there that's, like, serving drinks or something, and, like, Finn and Rachel are there. Yeah, I think Mike is also there. I think Mike's one of the backup dancers. Like, that at least makes sense, though, because Mike's a dancer. Why are Finn and Rachel just kind of just chilling? I guess. I, I don't know. Glogic. So we go back into, I guess, the next day's Glee Club rehearsal, and Will is still trying to push this adult, easy-listening contemporary lesson. And Brittany's like, mm. It's not gonna work. Or, well, I think, actually, it's Kurt who brings up first, like, hey, the Facebook page actually now has six likes, so now you've got it. let us do Brittany. And Will is about to go, no, no, we're not going to do it. And Brittany goes, hey, I actually demand all solos from now on because I'm the most talented person in the Glee Club. And everyone acts like this is an absolutely shocking thing for her to say, as if Rachel Berry does not literally say approximately the same thing every single episode. Every episode. Every episode. They also make some funny commentary about like, oh, yeah, Santana and I went to the dentist the other day and we like both had Britney fantasies we do not know how our fantasies lined up with each other and happened at the same time but we're just not going to question it soulmate AU I'm aware and so Kurt has a whole little thing not like yelling but like telling Mr. Shu like have you tried not being so freaking uptight all the time and Mr. Shu was like I will see you in the principal's office so here's the thing actually i forgot to mention this in the earlier scene with um carl giving the little blue capsules to everyone santana makes a line like blah 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 you're the hottest dentist i've ever seen you could totally drill me anytime and they just like let that line pass as if that's not a super awful thing for a teenager to say but then it's kind of funny it is really funny but then Kurt says, stop being so freaking uptight all the time, which is still not an okay thing to say to your teacher. But the fact that they act like this is like the worst possible thing he could have said when just yesterday Santana told a man that she could. When, when he's like, I'm going to see you in the principal's office. Bitch, no. Like, it's definitely still, It's not okay to talk to your teachers that way. But I just, I wanted to make the point that like several characters say much, much worse things than that. My thing is, like, I I understand if it just, like, gives him detention or something, but, like, the principal's office will? Anyway, 
we're back into the dentist's office because apparently there's only two sets we can use this entire episode. This time it is Will who is getting his teeth checked up because I guess Carl's just doing all this fucking pro bono work now. Um, They're like talking about blah, 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 tooth things. But then Carl is like, hey, we got to talk about the elephant in the room. I know you still have feelings for Emma. And Will is like, oh, well, I really, I'm still in love with Emma and I'm not going to stop fighting to be with her. And Carl's like, come on, dude, you know, this is wrong. We've been dating each other for a while now. We are committed to each other. She is not interested in you anymore. Please respect our relationship. And like, he, he makes a very good point where he's like, hey, if you were the one dating Emma, then I would be respectful and like, give you guys distance and not keep trying to pursue her. That's the reasonable thing to do in this situation. And Will is like, mm-hmm, I don't think I can do that. And then there's this whole conversation about how like, Carl is much more impulsive in his life. Spontaneous. And, yeah. Yeah. He's so spontaneous. How he used to be really routine. He like ate the same thing. Like he, he drove a hybrid car to work every morning. And then one day uh, the new Corvettes came in and he did a U-turn and he bought a Corvette on the spot, which I guess is something you can do if you are a dentist. Oh, to be able to buy a new car. I have never bought a new car in my life. Used cars only me in this household. It's a new to me car, you know? It's a new to me car. And that's the point. Again, he does make good points. However, I don't think this is necessarily like he gives this advice to Will and it's almost kind of encouraging Will to like act more on his impulses, i.e. pursuing Emma, which is how Will interprets exactly. it. Exactly. Which so is it, uh, how you say cringe. It's also just like, I know we've had some pretty consistent episodes now where we've gotten to the end and gone, okay, like Will hasn't been that bad this episode. Will's been a pretty good teacher. This episode, it feels like we're back into that. Like, are you really even like that good of a person, Will? Like, are you really even that likable of a protagonist? And that, that's feel, that's what this scene feels like. I like, why isn't Carl the main character? He seems much more likable. Genuinely, I mean, I don't know how being a dentist would tie into a glee club, but uh, I like him more. So, uh, Will leaves the dentist's office and sees Rachel in the waiting room. She is reading the unauthorized autobiography of Britney Spears. Um, and she says, Oh, like I've been so inspired and I want to start learning more about her. And then we go into <laughs> the third musical number. Another I have a lot sequence. of thoughts about this one. I also have thoughts. I actually think it's a pretty good, so it's Hit Me Baby one more time. Um, and it's Rachel's um, dream sequence kind of, I guess, paralleling her coming into her own sexuality a little bit more because it was mentioned earlier that like, oh, she dresses like a bait girl on To Catch a Predator. And like, she's not really confident in, I guess, keeping Finn as her boyfriend. She's insecure that he might leave her. Vocally, I actually do really like this cover. I think Leah Michelle does sing I really don't. well. My issue with this cover specifically, just sonically on a sonic level, it's too high. I understand that Leah Michelle can't sing it that low, but the charm to me of Baby of Hit Me Baby One More Time is that it's that lower register because Alto writes. And they just, they had to change the key to make it a little bit higher for Leah. And it, 
I don't know, part of the punch gets lost, especially with the falsetto points, because it doesn't feel like she's moving between octaves. Um, interesting. Yeah, they took it from C minor to the key of F. Interesting. I never noticed that before. Um, I like both. Oh, because it instantly clicked in my head. Yeah, uh, maybe I just haven't listened to the Britney version recently. Um, I do also think, I um, again, I personally like the vocal performance. I do think an argument could be made that Leah Michelle plays it much too show tunes belty instead of pop. That argument can also be made. Another thing I wanted to note is that the editing is doing so many favors to Leah Michelle's dancing here. God. <laughs> Leah Michelle is not a really a bad dancer, but I would probably suggest that she's like a quote unquote strong mover sort of dancer, which as a strong mover myself, no, no shade thrown to that. But it almost the camera work here almost feels like watching an Avengers movie, Marvel movie action scene where it's just like cut after cut after cut. And she's like always in a different position and never actually following through on any of the more complicated dance moves. (laughs) And so they really, they really did her some favors here. The other thing is, I know that she is like recreating like Britney's, like in the Hit Me Baby One More Time music video, which I at this point probably have memorized. Um, she is acting like and her 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 movements are very like jerky and intentional. Um Leah Michelle is doing exactly that, except with Britney Spears it works and with Leah Michelle it doesn't. I think it does work. I just I no, I, I do think it does work. I think this is a really well choreographed number because it's based on the Britney Spears music video. If they didn't have the music video to go off of. And they just had to base this on like Leah Michelle's personality as a dancer, they would have nothing. They would have absolutely nothing. It would have been her on the stage with a mic and it would just be like a belting it out solo, which yeah. is uh, a little bit all of what Leah Michelle does. So, da da da. Rachel walks into school the next day dressed in the wearing the outfit, the like schoolgirl. It's like a dress shirt tied up like a bra red bra poking out and then like a little cardigan and a mini skirt so like extremely scantily clad not the vibe we normally see on Rachel Berry and Finn immediately rushes over and is like hey maybe put my jacket on you look cold which and since he's you know really big it does cover her entire outfit (laughs) Um, much taller than her what happens then is like they have this conversation about like Finn's like oh well you were insecure with me on the football team am I not allowed to be like am I not allowed to be insecure about like other guys seeing you dressed like this he says fuck they're personifying you and she's like objectifying actually it's objectifying which is literally the opposite of personifying it's the opposite of what you meant and there's there's another funny line so Azimio and Karofsky walk by um What's so funny, Azimio says, oh, like, hey, You can hit me as many times as you want as long as you're wearing that. You can hit me as many times as you want, which to me tells me that Azimio has enough knowledge of Britney Spears' discography to know what song this is a reference to based on the outfit. I just want to put that out there. And secondly, Karofsky has the line, why do all the gay guys get the hot girls? Which is funny because he as a gay guy later dates Santana. And I oop. Funny. But we don't um, know that yet. 
there are several episodes before that one will occur. So, um, yeah, they kind of, so Finn and Rachel kind of get into this argument. He's like, well, I feel safer about our relationship when you're not dressed so provocatively. And she's like, well, I think it's totally fine for you to join the football team again. So, like, I think we should just let each other be free in our relationship. So she's clearly not listening to him at all. This scene, I just, gives me the ick. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. So earlier, the line she has where she says, I just want to be the only thing that makes you happy, that to me screams narcissism. This scene, however... I don't think it's necessarily either of them like being abusive or wanting to control the other. It's just a miscommunication between teenagers. It happens. Like they're both t- kind of yeah, trying to find themselves. That's why themselves. I'm saying the ick and not something like serious. It's just like, yeah. Um, important thing to end this scene on. Jacob and Israel approaches Rachel in the hallway and is like, I'll give you anything. I'll give you my house. I'll kill my parents. Like I'll give you anything. Uh, and goes wanky wanky. <sighs> talk about getting the ick i really i feel so bad for the actor who had to portray jacob and israel because he's just he's just like an unfortunately not conventionally attractive guy kind of geeky looking and it's that thing where he kind of has gotten shoehorned into these weird roles over his career and i just can't imagine how that must feel as an actor i hope he had fun filming these scenes that I absolutely hate and detest. I hope he at least had a laugh. We're about to get into a really cringe scene with him, but not yet. We'll get to it. So first we have this, again, cringe scene with um, uh, Will and Emma. We find out that Will has bought himself the exact same car as Carl. Not weird at all. And Emma's like, you're a teacher. You don't really have the money to be buying yourself a brand new car. And Will's like, oh, but I'm just getting loose. I'm just being spontaneous. I feel amazing. Let's let's go for a drive. And he starts singing, sailing. And it's just like, Emma is so uncomfortable. And this is, this is where and it's so like, am I. the red flags really start to pop up. And it's like, I have not been in this exact position before. But just from the look on Emma's face, I'm thinking like, oh my God, stop, drop, and roll out of that car. Like, (laughs) you need to open up the door and like roll yourself out immediately. Luckily, they don't get too far because Terry shows up and is like, hey, how are you going to be paying um, my like divorced spouse uh, support check? Alimony. Alimony. Yeah, I just forgot what it was called. When you're paying for a car that you know you can't afford, like where is all your savings gonna go emma bolts out of there as she should good for her this is i just hate it it's just hard to root for him it's basically hard to root for will schuster most of the time you know and this is just one of those this episode though we go into the next (laughs) glee club scene because we're in the glee club again everyone is kind of commenting on how rachel has been dressing differently and Artie goes, quote, bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. Hate it. Hate it a lot. Santana does say that she looks good. And she does look good. However, this to me is a scene, though, that adds more to Finn's side of the argument. Because, like, I know if I was a boyfriend and I heard our classmates talking about my girlfriend like that, 
I would get upset, not with my girlfriend, because it's not her fault that she's being objectified, but like, I would be really uncomfortable in this situation. Yeah. Relationships are complicated and teenagers don't really know how to Especially if you are 16 years old. Yeah. They kind of get over this like hump of like, blah, 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 Rachel's wearing new clothes. As they're about to like go into the lesson or whatever, Sue marches in and is like, Will, I need to have a talk with you right now. And we cut into um, the teacher's lounge where Sue informs Will that um, while she was walking through the library the previous night, she finds Jacob Ben Israel (sighs) masturbating to the image of Rachel Berry completely naked. Completely naked. And please keep your clothes on. In the library. Completely butt naked. Um, She takes Jacob into her office and like I guess kind of grills him on like what the fuck were you thinking? He's still completely nude. Just sitting on a chair in Sue's office. It makes me so uncomfortable. It makes me so uncomfortable. Because similar to the other characters who constantly get sexualized, Jacob and Israel is also supposed to be a teenager here, right? The idea of one of your fellow classmates masturbating to the idea of you or the image of you is like such a weird and creepy thing. You should never do that unless you have like explicit consent from a person you're like in a relationship with. I think I would literally kill Mm -hmm. myself if this happened to me. I think, like, if I was Rachel and I found out that this happened, I would, like, go home and kill myself. And, like, I'm I'm joking here, but I'm also sort of being serious, so we will put, like, a suicide trigger warning. I would would change schools. That's, uh, I'll draw that line there. I would change schools. Honestly, honestly, I'm going to be real. I low-key hated homeschooling. If I went from homeschooling to school and this happened to me in school, I would go back to homeschooling. I would would never want to be seen in public again. Not that it's Rachel's fault that this happened to her. We are not blaming Rachel for this, but we're just thinking, we're just thinking like how it would feel to be like, uh, luckily I don't think Rachel is informed that this happened. Yeah. They don't tell her that at least on screen there, they don't tell her. Yeah. That kind of like happens in flashbacks. Sue is relaying the story to Will and also, it was like, the middle of the night, apparently, in school. Yeah, like, how was the lights are off? Israel just, like, hanging out in the school in the middle of the night. Really weird. Sue kind of catches on that Brit that the Glee Club might be doing Britney. And she, she's like, well, you can't be doing Britney with the kids. Like, that's obviously very sexual. And that's, like, really irresponsible to do with them. And Will starts to get the idea that, like, hey, Britney is kind of tantalizing and kind of intriguing but he lies and tells sue like no we're not doing britney we're definitely not going to do it but now he's gotten the seed planted in his brain of like i guess like what what the idea of britney can do to someone i guess supposedly we do a fun little scene where we get another cameo of britney spears but this time as a cheerio just like another student who goes to their school and this isn't a dream sequence or actually no maybe it is a part this of is Artie's... Just Britney Spears as a cheerio actually I do think this is part of Artie's stronger dream sequence where which we're about to go into but it, honestly yeah it, it is it could also just be interpreted that Britney Spears is canonically a cheerio at their high school I accept that who knows 
I would accept yeah. it too. You know, if she wants to do that, I, more power to her. Support. So we do go in to, I, the song is good, but I think of all the songs this episode, this is kind of like the weaker one, ironically. So here's the thing. So they're doing a Stronger by Britney Spears, obviously, sung by Artie. And it's about him wanting to join the football team. He's going to be stronger than yesterday. And they do kind of actually some fun choreography of like imagining him on the football team in a wheelchair. There actually is some fun cutaways of him like lifting weights on a bench and then it cuts and he's just lifting one handed weights on a, on what's that called? The, you know, the weight bench. bench. Yeah, the weight bench. A weight bench. I, I don't know. Um, so there is some like fun visual commentary here. However, it's completely impractical that a person in a wheelchair would ever be on a football team with other with with able-bodied people. Um, I think this number could have been stronger if they made if they ditched all the football stuff and just made it like all the other numbers, a direct reference to Britney choreography and outfits. I want to see Kevin McHale in Britney clothes. Like all the girls had to do it. I think Kevin McHale also wants to see that. Like all the girls had to do it. So like they should have done it for Kevin as well. I think that's sexist that they didn't. This is kind of getting back into the conversation of like choreography made for Artie in his wheelchair. I think they could have A, done this as a dream sequence where Artie can get up and dance if they did want Kevin McHale to dance in it. Or they could have, again, ditched all the football stuff and had Artie do some cool choreography on a stage. But because they set it out on the football quad, like on the grass, he's not really able to move around in his wheelchair at all. And it's just all the football players dancing around him. And the choreography is still pretty good. But it's like he's the lead singer and he's not really moving around at all. And if you would just place this on a stage with more like production value, just like with me against the music, it could have been heightened. Yeah. Vocally, I do really like this performance. I think he does a great job with the song. Absolutely. After Artie's dream sequence, um, oh, then they're in the boys' locker room and Coach Beast says that they can try out. Yeah. There's not really is- an explanation as to why. I guess he but was just feeling nice that day. I guess? Who knows? I am genuinely confused, who but... logic. It's literally just like, well, we kind of need them to be back on the football team for plot reasons, so they're on the football team again. Well, and like I I know it's logic, so I'm not really going to try to like reason this out, but it's either said in this episode or the previous episode that Finn's idea is that they're going to carry Artie in his wheelchair like a battering ram which is like completely against the rules of football that's not how football works at all I don't know sports very well but I do know you can't do that and just logistically it would be completely unsafe for Artie has like basically lower body paralysis completely unsafe for him to be out on a football t- field in general also if if you got hit in the head with a wheelchair that's like there's no way this ends well for anyone anyway back into the glee club room we relay the information that Artie and finn are back on the football team 
And they even said, go so far as to say there's no rule against him being in a wheelchair and being used as a battering ram. But I digress. Right. They all start talking about how they've had like these hallucinations and vivid dreams. Um, and that's why they're all getting so much more confident and hot. And Will comes in and announces, hey, guys, I'm going to embrace the Britney. We are going to sing toxic or we're going to do a britney song for the school's homecoming assembly and all the kids are getting really excited they're like it's going to be so much fun we get to do a britney song finally and will says i'm going to perform it with you guys and all of the kids go wait what as they should that is a very reasonable reaction because will why will what the fuck well, we know why, but, you know, why yeah. on the grander scale? He, he chose a Britney song with the most sexual overtones possible because his goal with this song is to perform a song that will, like, get Emma interested in him again. Therefore, it is the most inappropriate song for him to perform with his Glee Club kids. You know, like, if they had done Stronger... Like, this is just, like, on if they had done stronger, every level, this is just wildly inappropriate. So before we get to the group number, there is a little scene where Rachel walks into the boys' locker room dressed in just like a a nice kind of like 50s style sundress, just her normal clothes again. And Finn's like, oh, you you changed back into your normal clothes. And Rachel's like, yeah, so I, I realized like it's really important for our relationship that I make you feel safe. And I don't want to make you feel insecure in our relationship. And Finn goes like, oh, thanks. Cool. And doesn't really say anything back to it. And Rachel's like, oh, well, don't you want to make me feel safe? Like, won't you quit the football team for me now that I'm willing to, like, make the sacrifice for you? And Finn's like, um, maybe we should just trust each other now. <laughs> Because that's like she literally pretty... asks him to pick between the football team and her. Well, and she says the only way this relationship is going to work is if we're both losers, which is like so such a weird and twisted way of looking at it. Because like you guys dated for the whole summer when he was like, I mean, not coming to school every day, obviously over the summer, but like he was pretty popular all of last year. He said he loved you. You guys dated the whole summer and now suddenly you're insecure because he's you just can't trust him anymore yeah he's on the football, on the football team, team that, now that he's been on the entire time you've been dating yeah that's the other thing like literally he stopped being on the football team last episode yeah but i guess it's just super important and it's driving a wedge between them now because <laughs> plot reasons so from that we go into the homecoming the toxic- Um, There is like a little altercation or a little conversation where Will tells Emma that they're going to be doing Britney and he's going to be performing with the kids. And she's like, "Um, is that a good idea? But we don't really get to discuss that just yet. And Sue, before the before the performance starts, Sue tells Becky that if she sees any awkward teenage frottage, she is to perform a citizen's arrest. (laughs) Icon behavior as well. Again. Banger one-liner. Banger, Banger one-liner. one-liner. Uh, there's another where Principal Figgins, he gets up, he does an announcement. He says, any students who ate the ravioli today, if you are not 
up to date on your tetanus shots. Please see the school nurse immediately. And we're just going to brush right Principal over that. Principal Figgins has some banger lines. So yeah. we go into the performance of what talk. to say. Toxic by Britney Spears. And frankly, not one of my favorite Britney songs. It's pretty good. That's fair. I'm more partial to criminal myself. Um, Agreed. But like, it's the Britney song. It's you think Britney Spears, you think toxic by Britney Spears. 100%. Um, we need to talk about the choreography for this Glee number. It kind of slaps. Hard disagree, frankly. Actually, hard disagree. The I think it is. The parts that Mike is doing. The, the parts, parts that, that Mike is doing. <laughs> Mike is absolutely good. carrying this number. They really try to highlight Will this number because, frankly, um, Matthew Morrison is not a bad dancer. But you're he just does so many weird leaps. He does so many weird leaps, and they're they're all wearing these awful bowler hats, which are like not the sexiest type of hat. Yeah, <laughs> and they're doing these awful hip thrusting motions like into the hat. And at one point, Lauren Zeiss goes like, "Will Schuster, I want to be that hat." And it, like, makes my skin crawl. She also later says, uh, Mr. Shu, I want to have your babies. Um, that is a teacher. And then, that is a teacher. Uh, not even getting into the things that Jacob and Israel says, such as, like, don't stop doing that. Don't stop doing that. Don't stop doing that. He also, at one I point, hope they had fun. I, I, I hope, hope they fun. had fun. Jacob and Israel also, at one point, like, is so sexually charged by this performance which cannot understand that that he grabs the person's butt who is standing in front of him assuming that it's a woman and the person turns around and it's actually just a dude with long hair which is like such a weird visual gag because it's like oh are we to assume that it would be perfectly normal for him to do if it was a woman i think they should have had it still be a woman and she still punched him in the face yeah agreed (laughs) that would have been modern feminism talking What's so weird about this to me is that this is not the sexiest number this episode. Every number besides this is sexier than this. They are wearing, like, all the boys are just in, like, dress shirts that are buttoned up fully. And all the girls are just in white t-shirts and little um, vests. Black vests. Yeah, black vests. And they're all wearing full-length pants. They're, like, actually not that sexily dressed at all they're just doing a lot of hip thrusting but apparently that is enough to get the entire class body of mckinley high school engaged in what sue sylvester calls a sex riot a britney spears sex riot and she pulls the fire alarm right as will hits the last note and goes into his stupid little like crouch on the stage it's like, I mean, I guess if you think Spider-Man is sexy. Spider-Man is pretty sexy. Again, they're supposed to be high schoolers. Also, we haven't talked about this much, but the weird dichotomy between Glee constantly telling us that the, the Glee Club kids are unpopular and everyone hates them and they're such losers, and yet they have enough power over the school to cause a sex riot over one Britney Spears song. How am I supposed to be convinced that they are unpopular? Genuinely. Assumably, there would be like a commercial break there right after that. We come back to a little conversation with Will and Sue. 
Sue is wearing a full neck brace because we find out that she was like trampled as all the kids were rushing out of the gym. And Will is like, well, you were the one who pushed the fire alarm. So it's kind of your own fault. And Sue is like, um, no, it's your fault because you shouldn't have been fucking doing a Britney Spears song with all of your students with sexual choreography. Which I agree with. Where you you thrust it into hats. Completely correct. She is correct here. I do think there was perhaps a way for Will to embrace his students doing Britney in a more healthy way but he just chose the most unhealthy, creepy way possible. Because Will Schuster only cares about himself. And speaking of Will Schuster only caring about himself, we go into a scene with um, him and Emma where he like kind of pseudo apologizes for like trying to kind of butt into her relationships. And she's like, yeah, you were acting really weird. You're not being yourself. He's been trying to be more spontaneous and impulsive this whole episode when like no one asked you to do that will and also being spontaneous and and impulsive does not translate to you making morally reprehensible decisions to sing a sexual Britney Spears song with all of your underage students in front of the whole school those are not like the same thing will those aren't the same thing like you can be an impulsive person God knows I'm an impulsive person. There are fun, impulsive things that you can do. Emma also makes a good point here where she's like, you know, your life has been kind of stressful, right? You're getting divorced and the Glee Club lost at regional. So things are kind of going downhill. But like, first of all, you you're can't an adult. take that out on me. Yeah. You're an adult who needs to be making smarter choices. When, when Emma makes slightly more spontaneous choices, it's healthy because she has OCD and she has these obsessive traits of hers that stop her from being more spontaneous. So it's helping her that Carl encourages those things. But when Will does them, it's like you are literally out of control and you are not able to discern moral right from wrong when you uh, get like this. There's a difference. There is such a difference, and it's uh, absolutely insane that he doesn't seem to realize that. Like, yeah. there's a difference between, like, let's get red grapes and green grapes and put them all in the same bowl, and let's do the toxic performance. Yeah, and let's buy a car that's, like, thousands and thousands of dollars that I can't afford. There's that scene. Um, we go into a little exchange in the hallway where Quinn... The first time we've really gotten any material from Quinn this episode, she walks up to Finn and is like, hey, you're back on the football team now and I'm back on the Cheerios. We should start doing some stuff again. We should get back together. And Finn does the right thing. He says, you know, I would be lying if I said I didn't still have some feelings for you, but I'm with Rachel now and I'm going to be faithful to Rachel. And she's the only one that I want. So, little golf clap for that. I mean, the bar is Thank on you, the floor. Thank you, Finn. The bar is, the bar on is the floor. below the earth. But yeah, but good at least job, she kiddo. Does that. You passed. Yeah. Um, and this is actually kind of interesting. So, Brit- so Quinn walks away. We see Rachel watching from a distance, and Quinn goes like, "Okay, well, I said everything you wanted, and you got his reaction right." So we learn that this was just a 
a ploy that Rachel set up to see if Finn would be willing to cheat on her. So Finn, again, did the right thing. Again, absolutely psychopath behavior from Rachel. And a a really interesting Quinn moment where she almost seems like kind of sad that Finn isn't interested in her anymore. Or isn't interested in her enough to, you know, do what she did and cheat on his partner. Yeah, I mean, for sure, right? Because, like, there's definitely a comparison to make there where, like, Quinn did cheat on Finn and, like, lied to him about it for months. But then the opportunity to cheat is presented to Finn, basically handed to him on a silver platter. And he goes, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. So there's that, first of all. And then also the fact that he actually does admit, like, no, I, I do still have some, like, lingering feelings for you. But the fact of the matter is that, like, I am in my relationship and I'm very happy and I want to make things work with Rachel. Even though we've had arguments this episode, I'm going to put in the work and I'm going to make things right with Rachel because that's who I'm dating. So, like... Which is a very mature thing to say. A very mature thing to say. And a kind of good writing. Good writing, Glee? Question mark? Good writing in my TV show? We get to the last Glee Club meeting of the episode after we've had literally like 20 this episode, it feels like. So many. I, the timeline. Um, the timeline. And it's kind of funny because I think it's Kurt who says like, oh, I'm so upset that we only got to do one Britney number because like, obviously we're the ones watching a TV show here and none of the other kids got to experience the epicness of the I'm a slave for you or the me against the music performances. To close out the episode, bringing back the adult, easy listening, contemporary theme that was established (sighs) early on, Rachel gets up and sings The Only Exception by Paramore, which is not an adult easy listening contemporary song. She does say she's going to change it up and be like a young adult contemporary, which like still don't know if Paramore uh, applies. I would think of that as more like pop punk. I guess but what this, do I know? I think the song, the only exception is kind of easy listening, but like, I don't know. It just seems like a weird choice. And I think what probably happened is that they just wanted to get a Paramore cover in for Paramore being popular for the time. So they were like, yeah. let's tack this onto the end of the episode. It is a pretty good cover, but it was also unnecessary. I think it's fine. This would have been better. So basically the way they frame this is that Rachel sings it to Finn because she's realizing like, no, things really are going to work out between us and I have hope for our relationship and we're really going to trust each other now. So you're the only exception. Kind of boring. Kind of white bread flavor. I think it would have been worse. Because we got the little sprinkling of of, um, emotion from Quinn after Finn rejected her. I think it would have been more interesting if Quinn sang this about Finn and was dealing with the emotional fallout of realizing that her basically her first love didn't want to be with her anymore yep i think that would have been much more fascinating and a much more interesting portrayal and a better way to end the episode because we already had a rachel solo this episode give someone else a we already had a rachel solo and this is definitely a song that quinn could have sung yeah absolutely 
it would have been a much more interesting take on the perspective of the song. Anyway, yeah. so the episode ends there. We've already praised most of the songs a lot. I think my favorite, okay, like actually don't hate me, but I think it is Baby One More Time, just because that's like probably my favorite Britney Spears song. And so I just like the Rachel Berry version as well. But it's like, okay. when I when I say that one's first, it's because all the other ones are so close, second and third. Like, we could really mix up any of those, and they're all yeah. valid choices for first place. I, if we're going to go with, like, what our favorite Britney song is, I'm, I'd have to go with Toxic, but I don't want to choose that. The so toxic, I want to go with, uh, the Toxic the cover. The Toxic cover, sonically, very good. The Toxic performance, yikes. Oh, disagree. I actually don't like the vocal performance this episode. I was going to say that the Toxic cover in season five, where it's an unholy trinity number, that one is oh, much absolutely. better. Yeah. I just really like the arrangement of it. Okay. Uh, so my favorite this episode is probably, I'm going to say Me Against the Music for the Britannia of it all. You know what? Like, it's I'm staring at the list right now on the Wikia, and it's like genuinely hard for me to choose between I'm a slave for you, me against the music, and baby one more time. Like they're all so good. Yeah. Least favorite, least favorite performance is definitely toxic. The only exception, again, I will say, could have been a great number. But because they had I... Rachel sing it, it is milk toast. It is bland. It's giving tap water. Um I'm gonna have to go with stronger because it didn't leave much of an impact. Okay. Did Will Schuster, I don't know if Will Schuster did anything illegal, but it should have been. Um, I'm pretty sure it's probably illegal to uh, perform a sexual dance number with your underage students. I'm like, I don't know exactly what law prohi prohibits that, but I'm sure there's a law somewhere. So next episode is another absolute, first of all, absolute banger of an episode. One of the most iconic Glee episodes, I think, of all time. When when you, people think about Glee, they think of the episode where Finn prays to a grilled Jesus. cheese that he burnt in the shape of Jesus Christ. We'll do that in another week. We get more of our Lord and Savior, Bert Hummel. Our, our Lord and Savior, Bert Hummel, truly. And now for our final segment. And here's what you didn't miss on Glee. Um, do you know Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic? So Oh wait, that's yeah. Oh man, uh, I hate to a... say it, they they would make it a Will Schuster song. Yeah, they would try to convince us that he was a sexy man who was seductive and cool. And you know what's worse? They would have him do it as a duet with Artie. I hate it, and you're right. I, I know I'm right. in like a better universe. I want this to be like a season six uh, Blaine song. I just don't know what plot would be there, but. Let's not get into that, actually. I'm going to choose to not think about it too hard. Um, Spooky Mormon Hell Dream from Book of Mormon. There is nothing you can do. No escape from Spooky Mormon Hell Dream. I want it I to be... I have three songs from Book of Mormon downloaded onto my iPod Nano to age myself a bit. And uh -huh. it was, hello, Spooky Mormon Hell Dream, and turn it off. I think that this Spooky Mormon, Mormon Hell Dream would be a... A fantastic warblers all acapella number. Agree. Or B, a fantastic vocal adrenaline number esque um 
it, vocal adrenaline. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to vocal adrenaline. I'm gonna give yeah. it to vocal adrenaline. I think it that needs they would the, kill it. The full production number that only vocal adrenaline can provide. Yeah. And I feel like Jonathan Groff could could body that song. Jonathan Groff, I need to hear him sing, I can't believe Jesus called me a dick. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's it. Is that it? Yeah. So we'll see everyone next week in the episode Grilled Jesus, where unfortunately things do not look super bright for our Lord and Savior, Bert Hummel. But it's okay. Everything turns out all right. Despite make uh, once again, Rachel will make everything about herself. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at SingSationsPod. That is S-I-N-G-S-A-T-I-O-N-S-P-O-D. You can rate things on Spotify now. Feel free to give us a rating there, please, and thank you. I do think about the Apple ones all of the time. And you can. there are polls on Spotify also and questions. We've been having some of those. That's everything. Okay, have a nice day or night or whatever. Bye. Bye.